Okay, I was thinking of hanging the mirror right here. Higher. Higher? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Are you just using one nail? Well, yeah, I think we just need one. I, I We got to make it secure. This took us six weeks to get. There's no way it's falling down in the middle of the night and waking us up. We got to use two. Okay, yeah. Hi. You're listening to A Jew and a Gentile. I'm Lauren Burns. And I'm Hanin Razouk. Guess who's the Jew? Nation business, a modern piece of glasswork. Down on the corner that you walk each day in passing. The elderly Welcome to episode two. Like always, we are going to start with the Nereshkids of the week. <laughs> this week's story is literally insane. Yeah. We spent six weeks begging a woman on offer up to sell us her mirror. It was like she was literally playing hard to get. In the process, it took four different people messaging her on OfferUp. We met a gypsy and we might be having a surprise guest at our Halloween party this year. Yeah. So Thursday night, our friend Steven and I drove to Long Beach to get this mirror. And as we're driving to get this mirror, we messaged the lady, we'll call her D, begging her not to go to bed because she was literally threatening that she was going to fall asleep. So we get to the apartment thinking this mirror exchange will take like two minutes, maybe. I couldn't go. So at this point, I'm just FaceTiming in. Yeah. So we're outside our apartment. It's been five minutes. We don't hear anything from D. We're literally just waiting there. And up walks this six foot tall woman with orange hair. She's standing under the same awning and she's also clearly waiting for someone. So I start up a conversation with her and I'm like, hey, me and my friend Steven, we're here like waiting to get this mirror from this woman who lives in this apartment. And the lady's like, yeah, I'm waiting for this chick in this apartment to do my hair. I'm like, oh, wow, this is ironic. Like we're both waiting for people here. And this woman, this orange haired woman goes, yeah, she's like so uncommunicative. She's not responding to anything. And Steven and I are like, uh, yeah, like we get it. This lady is literally not messaging us at all. And so we're talking about these uncommunicative vendors in Long Beach. And then all of a sudden it dawns on me. And I asked this lady, I'm like, hey, the woman that you're messaging doesn't happen to be named D, right? And she goes, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. So the, at this point, Lauren introduces herself along with Steven and this yeah. woman reaches out a long spidery hand with two inch nails and said, I'm Rachel, but you can call me Gypsy. <laughs> then I, at this point, introduce myself over FaceTime and I'm like, hi, Gypsy, I'm Hanine. Gypsy misunderstands me. And so she says, honey, that's a stripper name. <laughs> and we're like, girl, your name is Gypsy. So she explains to us the vision behind this whole hair appointment in the first place. Apparently, she's wanting to dye her hair completely orange again. She's going to paint her body green. And then she's going to go as poison ivy for Halloween. So this is kind of like the setup for her costume. And we're like awesome we're all for this poison ivy idea um she is holding this weave in her hand because she's gonna have d put this weave in her hair right and she goes it smells so good want to smell it and i'm like dude i got nothing better to do than smell this random woman's weave in the middle of the night in long beach so i'm like heck yeah smell this weave like take a good whiff of it <laughs> and so then they decided just 
join forces with Gypsy. Yeah, we realized we're like, we're still waiting outside of this awning. We need to do something together. We need to make sure we get our products, right? So I'm like, Gypsy, message D and say that you're waiting with Stephen and Lauren who are wanting to get this mirror. And we will message D on your behalf saying, hey, we're waiting with Gypsy who's wanting to get her hair done. Gypsy's like, wait, no, no, no. Don't say it's Gypsy. Say it's Bianca. She knows me by Bianca. (laughs) So this is now the third name of the night that we have received from this woman. So we're all just wondering, literally, who is she? Suddenly, the elevator door opens and walks out walks the real D holding our mirror. And the fact that it took D a month and a half to finally give us this mirror, all has been forgiven. We're like, okay, night is concluded. Thank you. We think we're done. Yeah. So then they thank Dee for the mirror. And as they're like leaving Gypsy, then grabs Lauren's phone and says, hey, you guys seem cool. Here's my number. Let's do Halloween together. (laughs) So we might have a six foot tall, orange haired, green bodied poison ivy at our Halloween party this year. And we made a new friend and got the mirror of our dreams. So right now we are still actually questioning if this night was real. (laughs) Honestly. All right, so our cultural artifact of the week, oddly enough, is acne. Acne is a ubiquitous disease, and so that means that it's present everywhere. It actually affects all races equally, and there's often a family history. So if a parent had it, children are likely to have it too. Acne vulgaris is a disorder of the pilosebaceous unit. So that's where the hair follicle sits underneath the skin surface. It is characterized by cysts, nodules, and scarring. It is one of the top three dermatological problems and causes significant psychological morbidity. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons why we chose it as our artifact this week. Actually, it didn't start surprisingly in the 21st century. It's been going on for a long time. Aristotle and Hippocrates used the Greek words ionthai and veris to describe acne as a condition that's actually strongly associated with puberty which they also talk a lot about in their philosophies. And then ancient Egyptians additionally used the term acute, which means a sore or an inflamed swelling. And acute, given its phonetic resemblance, is where we think the word acne actually came from. While Greeks preferred vegetable-based treatments for acne, Egyptians typically opted for animal-based products. The one common treatment that they did both use, though, was honey. One of the most well-known and effective treatments today is Accutane. Its official name is actually isotretinoin. Unlike other therapies for acne, it actually counteracts all of the four pathophysiological factors that cause acne. It's essentially a miracle drug. We're talking about acne today because it's not a surprise. People don't like acne. Culture tends to trivialize it and It uses it sometimes as a means of profit, but we actually think it's a topic that we could do some deeper digging into, and it carries more weight than we might actually think. Yeah, from the medical clinics of North America, we found that there's actually no single disease which causes more psychic trauma, general insecurity, and feelings of inferiority than acne. That's pretty heavy stuff, and a lot more heavy, I think, than people really recognize or give acknowledgement to at all. Totally. Another study found that 96% of people with acne have reported feeling depressed over their condition. And that led to about 46% of those people to develop self-esteem issues and 31% of them to stay more at home, declining to participate in social activities. 
second question we always ask on this podcast is how does our cultural artifact better show us the grace of God? But before we get there, I think we need to do a little more unpacking, starting with our own personal interactions with the artifact itself. So Lauren, what is your acne story? (laughs) Thanks for asking. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I had acne growing up through high school, middle school beforehand. When I got to college, it got a little bit worse. And so the summer after my freshman year, of Biola, I decided to take Accutane. And so kind of in my mind, there are two different paths of taking Accutane. You can respond really well, or you can respond like it's poison. And I think my body kind of responded in the second way, um, like it was poison. So essentially, it felt like the purge on my face where acne past, present, and future came and just kind of exploded for about four months. (laughs) so sad. Yeah, really, really bad. And I have pictures and photos to document it just because I was like, this is absurd. It was really embarrassing because I was struggling with a running injury, so I couldn't work out that entire summer. And then I also just had a lot of personal relational heartbreak going on. And so acne just felt like the sadistic cherry on top that was just like really rocking my world. So I don't have acne anymore because of Accutane. And I'm really thankful about that. But Hanine, what's your story with acne? I had acne starting about my freshman year of high school. And then I think just got progressively worse from there and um, didn't get really super bad until I was in college. And that's where I think I got to a point where I decided to take Accutane. But along the way, the Lord definitely taught me a lot about a lot about what grace actually means, a lot about my tendencies to associate beauty with safety and Uh. comfortability, which I found was really interesting and still something I'm navigating and exploring. I learned a lot about just my human desires and where those come from and what those manifest as. Yeah, I definitely am really grateful for Accutane. It did I can say actually changed my life in a lot of ways in a very, some very substantial ways to change my life. Yeah. So something we've been talking about as we've been prepping for this episode is why do we not want acne? No one is overjoyed by the fact that they're invaded by these zits, right? So it's kind of everyone's on a simultaneous quest to fix this problem. It's objective. It's objectively no one wants it. Yeah, no one does. And so our question is, why do we not want it? And we realize we don't want it for two reasons. First reason being when you have acne, you get bad things. And when you have acne, you lose good things. Mm -hmm. So to start with, what are the bad things you get? First, you're physically uncomfortable. You have pain. Yeah. The second thing that we realize that you gain, which is a bad thing when you have acne, is feelings of childishness. The media portrays acne as a sort of childish, immature thing. And so when you wake up with a bunch of pimples on your face, you feel like you're 12. And that is not a fun feeling at all. And along with that, there's feelings of frustration because along with it being seen as just a young struggle, just a childish thing, it's because it's so trivialized, you feel even almost I would say more insecure about it because no everyone is taking it so lightly but you feel as though it really is such a struggle a real struggle in your life that does cause a lot of different issues totally another bad thing that you get with acne is honestly shame and this is such a weird thing that we've been unpacking this week because 
We've asked the question, why do we feel embarrassed of our acne? We haven't done anything necessarily to instigate it if we have it, but at the same time, it's hard to go out in public because we feel so embarrassed. And so it's this weird tension of, I didn't do anything to get it, but I'm hearing this voice from culture that if I go on this diet, if I buy this medication, my acne will be gone. So it's kind of a double-edged sword of you didn't cause it, but at the same time, could you be the one to fix it? Maybe, maybe not. Along with that is feelings of violation. The sort of violation that you would feel when someone breaks into your car. It, it feels as though my skin is my property and, <laughs> and acne has no right to be there. How dare and in, you acne? Exactly. And in flushing that out, I realized that might come from sort of a cultural tendency within me that's very American and honestly very Lockean <laughs> in his understanding of the human right to own property and that kind of manifesting itself in my idea of what what is my right in terms totally. of clear skin. Or even so, your own physical body. Yeah, exactly. So then let's talk about what are some of the good things you lose when you have acne. The first one we thought of is money. Acne is expensive if you want to treat it. So it's expensive to buy the face creams. It's expensive to go and see a dermatologist. It's expensive to take Accutane. Fixing your acne requires you to spend a lot of money. Along with the things that you lose, in a lot of ways, it feels as though you lose your participation in beauty. And this was a really big concept that we wanted to discuss. And one of the questions we wanted to ask is, why is this such an issue for us? Why is it that just looking at beauty is not enough? Why do we want to engage in beauty? Thinking on this topic reminded me of one of the first times that I remembered actually experiencing beauty and specifically through the medium of feeling beautiful physically. There's a lot of different ways that you can feel beautiful. You can feel beautiful in your soul. You can feel beautiful through the process of sanctification. But I remember when I was about nine years old, I... Growing up every summer, we'd go to a, a Jewish summer camp. Um, it was called Camp Gilgal. And on Fridays, we would celebrate Shabbat. And Shabbat is the start of the Sabbath. And we use that night as a time to celebrate. So we would dress up. And um, I just remember one year when I dressed up, I just felt so beautiful in a way I never had before I mm. my friend had some lip gloss that she let me borrow <laughs> and I remember I couldn't stop putting it on because I just remember feeling in some senses honestly euphoric to participate yeah. in beauty in that way and it's just really difficult when you have acne that you in some senses feel so you lose that feeling of participation totally. in beauty totally almost like in the sense that your your friend who was probably beautiful about to go to this wonderful dinner. It wasn't enough for you just to watch her going to the Shabbat dinner. You wanted to get dressed up. You wanted to participate in that beautiful dinner as well. Yeah, that was definitely it. C.S. Lewis has a quote that talks about why we want to be united with beauty. He says, we do not want merely to see beauty, though God knows even that is bounty enough. We want something else which can hardly be put into words to be united with the beauty we see to pass into it, to receive it in ourselves, to bathe in it, to become part of it. This felt so mm. accurate. Yeah, so this quote is from C.S. Lewis's essay on the weight of glory. And he kind of later unpacks it saying that in the present, we're outside of this glorious, beautiful realm. And all of us 
so want access to it. It's part of our souls that we don't understand why we can't fully enter in and participate with beauty. This reminds me actually of Psalm 27, where the psalmist in verse four says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. I think this is such a wonderful view of God that Our God is a beautiful God. He's not just a just God. He's not just a merciful God. He's a God of infinite beauty that clearly has drawn in this psalmist who is so excited to sit at the glorious feet of this beautiful presence. And gaze after him. Exactly. Yeah, that is such a beautiful image. I think it's really cool that God has made us in his image. We are also beautiful in a way, and we're also creators. He has created beauty, and we want to create and partake in the beauty-making process. And the difficult thing and the painful thing about having acne is, is we feel as though we cannot partake in that beauty-making process or as though we're not a piece of that mm. beauty-making process. Yeah, in a way, it feels like we bear sin on our face, sin that's completely manifesting in our bodies. And acne, while it's not a result of our moral decisions against God, it's a complete result of the fall. Mm. When I think of my body that I hope to have a glorious body in heaven one day, I don't think of Lauren pockmarked. I think of Lauren with... <laughs> nice clear skin right it's totally a result of the fall yeah you speaking about the fact that acne in a lot of ways is as though we are manifesting sin on our bodies reminds me of john 9 where a blind man is brought before jesus and the pharisees ask him who sinned him or his father and jesus actually replies neither he says that this was so that the work of god might be displayed in his life the pharisees clearly saw this physical ailment as a sin as an effect of the fall and with acne, you might feel similarly, that it's somehow your fault, that it's it's somehow in your control or that it should be, that you can change something. That's really honestly just scary. That's a scary feeling. It totally is. The next question we kind of wanted to unpack as we're talking about our own stories of acne is how has God healed parts of our own hearts through his gracious allowance of acne in our lives? For me, in a lot of ways, I feel like my struggle with acne has instructed me in how to pray. So when I had my huge bout of acne with Accutane that summer that I was talking about, for the first half of my summer, I was on my knees begging that God would clear my face. I was so embarrassed to go to work. I did not want to go outside. I was, I just really just wanted to stay home, honestly. And so I was crying out to God, like, Lord, heal my face. I am so upset about this. And I remember calling one of my friends and I said, I'm on Accutane. I'm super frustrated with what's going on with it right now, but I know I'll be okay because this won't last forever. I'll be off of this drug and my face will clear. I'll be okay. But she challenged me and she was like, Lauren, I know that your face probably will clear, but what if it doesn't? What if it never clears? Will you be okay then? And that was one of the scariest questions ever for me at that time because I didn't want to face a reality of having acne for longer than just that summer, right? But I realized that if my okayness in my life is the fact that I don't have acne, there's something wrong with that. So the second half of the summer, my prayers changed from God clear my skin to 
God, heal my relationship with how I view my body. And through that prayer, he has done a lot of work in my life. What about you, Hanine? How has God graciously moved in your life through acne? A lot of different ways, but I think one of the ways that has stood out to me most is oftentimes when I would have acne, it would feel like through my prayers, the Lord would reveal to me that this was in some senses a symbol of the fact that I have been given grace and that the grace that I've been given is not dependent on my ability to participate in beauty, to participate in Mm. in his glory. That's not my job. That's not something I'm capable of. And in a lot of ways, it made his grace for me so much more profound, Mm. as painful as it was. It really changed my heart in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're kind of ready to unpack that second question now. And that's, how is acne a vessel of God's grace? And we have two answers for you guys. The first one is acne reminds us that the sin in this world will soon pass. And one day we'll have perfect bodies that we can enjoy with Christ. What's really interesting is that in our modern church context, we don't spend a lot of time thinking about our fully resurrected bodies in heaven one day. And that's really interesting because the Nicene Creed saw that as the biggest Christian hope, the best hope of the gospel in a way. The last sentence of the Nicene Creed says, we look forward to the resurrection of the dead and to life in the world to come. Additionally, 1 Corinthians 15 also talks about our resurrected bodies. Paul says that the body that is sown is perishable, meaning the body on earth, while the body that is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, but it's raised a spiritual body. So we have hope that even though our bodies are failing right now, one day and forevermore, we will have perfect bodies that we can enjoy with Jesus forever. The second way that we can see acne as a vessel of God's grace is that through acne, the gravity of God's son, Jesus, becoming embodied in a sinful world becomes so much more apparent to us. It is a grace that acne makes this a more realized truth in our lives. Our final question is, how do we practically respond to this stuff? First of all, we want to encourage you guys on the days that you wake up with acne, pray that you can experience God's grace in you. Ask him to help you better understand the true beauty that is found in the grace that does not require you to be a perfect participant in beauty. That will change your heart a lot. Yeah, totally. And also, if you don't have acne, but if you have other physical insecurities, ask God how you can approach him in the same light, looking for him to bless you with a deeper understanding of his grace. Along with that, if it is something that really does affect you psychologically, physically, I would tell you, bring it before the Lord. Pray about it. Fast about it. Ask him what you should do. If it's take Accutane, then seek his peace on that. And if it's to try some other remedy, then I I would encourage you to do that as well. But I don't think that there's any limits to what we can bring before the Lord. And I think acne is... So something that God desires to hear our heart and our pain, honestly, our pain from. Thanks for tuning into this week's discussion. 
If you happen to be in the L.A. area looking for something to do on Halloween, you might want to drop by our place and meet Gypsy, my new best friend. <laughs> Additionally, if you want to drop by the day before, October 30th, our house is hosting a conversation about Christian justice and critical race theory with Dr. Sean McDowell and Veda Hedgeman. See the podcast notes for details and have a great week. Another night in those, another sign of love.